But for people who are developing their self-care, I actually create a method called the CPR method, and it's a way to breathe life back into your self-care. And it's an acronym. It stands for Create, Praise, and Recover. So it's a three-step plan that allows you to get out of whatever funk or mood you're in and into a better one. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Hello. (laughs) Wow, what a curt hello to my loving listeners. I'm not going to cut that out either. Hi. Welcome back to What Happens in Between. Today, we have Lotus Lalova, who is a mystic practitioner who holds space for women of color to eradicate generational trauma and come into their personal power. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I, yeah, (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) It gets better every moment. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) So... My first question is just, where did this all start? Have you always felt tapped into spirituality and mystic practices? Yeah, I think even when I was a little girl, my uncle would always tell me that I like marched to the beat of my own drum. He was like, mm-hmm. you're a very strange child, <laughs> um, but we loved you anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always just had this knowing where I would be in conversations with, like, adults, which I probably shouldn't have been at the age that I was in, but, you know, I I live a dangerous life uh, at times. And I remember just giving insights that would stop them, like, where their response wouldn't be, you know, growing up Black, it's like, mind your business, right? Right, right. Talking, their response wouldn't be that way. Their response would be like, wait, what did you just say? Like, because it actually made sense. Right. I think I've always just kind of been tapped into spirituality, I don't think I was able to have the correct verbiage around my relationship, my relationship to spirituality until I was in like my, like my teens, like 15, Mm -hmm. 16, I started wondering like what, what I was feeling and why I was getting like, you know, intuitive hints and just feeling the way that I did. I felt so much, you know, I didn't know about the word impact at the time and things like that. I thought I was just a sensitive person. So I think it's just been throughout my entire life. And my 20s, it got a lot clearer for me. It's very mm-hmm. clear, like, oh, no, here it is. This is what it is. This is why you feel the way that you do. This is why you have the insights the way that you have them. It became super clear. And now I'm just like, I get it. Do you consider this a superpower? Honestly, I consider being a Black woman a superpower. So mm-hmm. if anything, I think if it comes along with that title, Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. And I know that that seems very um, taboo. I know we're all working on breaking down and destigmatizing that strong Black woman stereotype, which I'm all here for. But I also have to admit that being a Black woman is a superpower. It is. Like, to be able to still experience joy, to experience love, to be compassionate when the entire world at some point in time feel Mm -hmm. like it's against you, that in itself is not... There, there's, there's God in that. There's divinity in that. There's something super going on, right? Mm-hmm. For Black women to still be able to come together and create these beautiful experiences and communities globally, despite everything this world has handed us, it just shows the immense power that lies within us. 
So I think that is a superpower. And maybe just like the intuitive insights that I receive, those are just like tools to mm-hmm. express that superpower. Yeah, certainly. So your intuition, it sounds like you you grew up in in a community that supported it, right? It at least was not being you were supported, right, with this with these intuitive feelings and inclinations that you had. But for people who have maybe grown up or are still growing up with external forces sort of telling them constantly that they're wrong or like telling them not to trust their gut. Do you have any advice for that? Yes. One, I want to say, I think people became supportive because I was very anchored in who I was, even Mm. as a small person. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I was, I was definitely labeled the weird girl. I was always called strange. I actually enjoyed those titles. So Mm -hmm. I guess those, those external forces that were trying to put me in a box, mm-hmm. I think eventually I just wore them down. Where it's kind of like, she's just going to be who she's going to be. And we just have to like either remove ourselves from the situation or allow her to be that way. But for people who are experiencing a lot of external forces that are like trying to put them in a box, I think it's always so important to know yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you know who you are and you know how to express who you are, it becomes less important what other people outside of you think, feel, and how they act to you. Like their behavior becomes almost irrelevant. And then what ends up happening is that you start to attract people who support those ideas and those insights that you have. So I would tell someone to take time to get to know themselves. You should really spend the majority of your life figuring out who you are and what you like and what you don't like and getting as clear as you possibly can on what you want to experience in this life because then you get more of those experiences as opposed to focusing on what's already here. Mm. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with someone who was talking about how he's more business oriented um, and he's an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. So he was talking about how he would often be pitching something and people would say, well, that's not how it's done. And it's like, how, how is that still relevant right now? You know, we're moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I definitely get that. Confidence. Confidence as a concept. Yeah. What are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Confidence for me, I guess it's another tool to that superpower. Mm -hmm. When you are confident in yourself and what you're here to do, life becomes a I want to say it becomes easier but I really want to make sure I choose my words carefully sure but from my own experience the more confident I became in myself the easier it was for me to turn things down that didn't sit well with me and my spirit uh, mm-hmm. the easier it became for me to ignore people who just there's a like they're not here for me you know what I mean like yes. you're not on this earth to be around me and I totally get it and I also began to stop taking things so personally because mm-hmm. of my level of confidence. So I actually didn't have a problem standing up by myself. If I really believed in something with all of my heart, I could stand alone and be okay with that. And I think that that just came from knowing myself. Mm-hmm. So more specifically, do you think that confidence is a static trait or a dynamic trait? Hmm. 
can go either way depending on the person's experience. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to say it's fluid like that, where mm-hmm. it's something that you can just have, and it's also something that you can gain and attract. For yourself personally, is your confidence, is it like a static, it's just, it's always there, or are there are there times when it's shaken and you have to maybe rebuild or remind? I know I'm going to sound very repetitive. <laughs> yeah, that's I think okay. it's both. I think it's based. My confidence is always there. Mm-hmm. It's really rare where my confidence is shaken. But when it is, I take that time to just check back in with myself and check back in with like my community. Like I call my community wolves. It's a, a long, beautiful story. But essentially, these are like women that are very close to me, that I relate to, that I see myself in them and they see themselves in me. If I'm feeling like my confidence is shaky, I will call one of them up if I need to and just be like, hey, I'm feeling less confident today and just kind of have them pour into me. I also have like a lot of backup things to help me like that. So my girlfriend for my 30th birthday, they made me this ebook because I love making ebooks for them. They mm-hmm. made me this ebook and it's essentially um, a book of prayers and compliments and praise. So I'll read really that if I'm starting to feel like a little shaky in my confidence. Or I'll put on a really good playlist that just has me feeling myself again, tapping into my healthy ego. Like, it's always there because I can tap back into it, right? So that's why mm-hmm. I feel like it's always static. It's always present. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my connection is a little faulty. And then I need to, like, check back in. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Switching gears a little bit. So you have found... Mm-hmm. I want to phrase this in a non-leading way you found a way to monetize your gifts and I am very interested in how you do or have removed any you know the scientific term ickiness Mm -hmm. of money and capitalism from your work Oh, wow. That's a beautiful question. Uh, (laughs) um, I think that, one, the gifts that I have, they were, I'm trying to figure out, like, the best way to express this. So when you talk about energy, right, there's always an exchange. And sometimes the exchange is time, sometimes it's effort, right, or some type of equity. Other times it's monetary, right? Um, right? When I first started, and a lot of times with, people who are very spiritual and like, you know, they may be psychics or mediums or, you know, tarot readers, things like that. We feel like we're supposed to just give our gift away for free because we were gifted with it. So we must give it away for free. And there's like this taboo if you charge for your gift. Mm-hmm. But also coming from a business background myself, I just knew that it didn't feel right because it would bring up resentment, right? Because now I'm exerting all this energy and I'm tapping into my gift, which does take energy from that person and I'm just giving it for free because it's not a traditional position or a traditional job Mm -hmm. and it just didn't feel right because I want to be able to share this insight and divine wisdom that flows through me with my community but I also want to be valued I also want to be respected and I also want to that my time and my energy is not being put to waste and that requires a monetary exchange in some cases in all honesty it's really about bartering right Sometimes Mm -hmm. someone doesn't have the financial funds to pay for 
um, assessing with me or things like that, they might offer their expertise and their genius as an exchange. Where I had like one beautiful wolf who offered to do my entire website for free because she was so moved by the information that she got from my podcast and that it helped her to live a better life. Mm-hmm. She didn't. That was her form of payment for the gifts that I gave, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like when you're operating from that understanding that every all types of energy have an exchange, you become less concerned about the ickiness that comes with that exchange. You're just kind of like, no, this makes sense. Because if I'm going to give something, right, it's a natural universal law to receive something as well. And if mm-hmm. I have a problem with receiving, then I also internally have a problem with giving. Mm. I think we don't always hear the the second part of of exchange, if that makes sense. So you definitely yeah. hear that if you have trouble with, I was trying to think of a different example, but we could just use this example. Um, if you have trouble with giving, it's sort of a natural thing that we would say you probably also have a little bit of trouble with taking, but we never, we don't always take it the other way where it's like, well, if you have trouble taking, there's something off about your ability to give. Yeah. Um, They go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, certainly. So talk to me about energies. What's, what's 2021 giving you right now? Um, A bit of relief from Mm -hmm. 2020, which is great. (laughs) Not, I feel like it's a bit more joyful. I feel like there's a way for us to access more peace, but it's an internal job. I definitely feel like, especially from all the reading that I've been doing so far for like the patriarchal new year, which is January 1st, and then the lunar new year, which is coming up on the 12th of this month in February. Mm-hmm. It's just been a lot of, you have done so much hard work and it's going to be rewarded, but you're not going to be able to witness those rewards and see them as rewards if you are not aligned with yourself. If you are not taking out time to take care of yourself, if you are not making sure that your cup is overflowing, if you are not taking time to check in and make sure that you know who you are in this moment. Because a lot of times when we think about ourselves, we're thinking about our past selves. We're thinking about who we were, even if it was yesterday, right? Like you're thinking about who Athena was Mm -hmm. as opposed to who she is in this moment. And when you're able to kind of lock into the present moment and be like, well, who am I today? How do I feel in this moment? you're able to then receive what this beautiful world has to offer. And I really feel like that's the main message of 2021. It's like check in with yourself before you check in with anyone else and make sure that you like what you're doing. Make sure that you love what you're doing, that it brings you immense joy. And then from there, the steps will pave themselves for you. You'll start to see where you should go next. I really, I really respect what you're saying. And it's something that I aspire to, but something that always holds me back is where is the, where is kind of the harmony in planning versus presence versus projecting. And, you know, like, I just feel like a lot of advice that comes from a space of moving in alignment often is missing that, that other piece of time 
which is uh, mm. constant and crushing sometimes. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not necessarily asking this as a challenge, but it is something that I have felt like I've been lacking in, in this kind of conversation. So how do we incorporate time into, into what you just said? Okay, so this is actually so funny, and I'm just always, I'm always laughing. So I actually just did an entire, I have my own podcast, and I just did an entire episode on Einstein time, which mm-hmm. is the notion that we are where time comes from, and that if we want to have more time, we can create more time, whereas a lot of us have been operating in the old paradigm shift, which is like, I think it's called the Newton paradigm where it's like there's a limited amount of time, and if you don't do it within that time frame, you've lost that time forever. So both work in the world that we live in. It's honestly, I think it's a choice, but first you have to have the awareness that there, that Einstein time even exists. Like, you first have to know that it's possible for you to cultivate your own time. And mm-hmm. I know it can sound super mystical and super like, whoa, this is super woo-woo, but it's super practical at the same time. It comes down to, again, prioritizing and knowing what it is that you want to do and if it's actually important. So the way that I practice it on a, a logical level is I, when I first wake up, I have my date planner out. I have a list of my to-do things. I'm a big organizer. But I always ask myself, is this important to me? Is it important to my community? Or do I think that it's important? Because a lot of times, the reason why we don't have time itself is because we're doing a whole bunch of mundane things and putting importance on them which is mm-hmm. why we feel like time is soul crushing. <laughs> it's why mm-hmm. we feel like we don't have enough time to do what we really want to do. And it's even why we've programmed our brains to believe that there's a limited amount of time. Because in truth, in our depth, we don't even want to be doing those things. So we would like to have less time so that we don't have to do those things. We don't realize that it's a choice. But I can say, this is mundane. I'm going to put that here. And being okay with that consequence. And it's a very bold move. It's something that I think people need time to practice with, you know, interjecting Mm -hmm. it into their daily life. But it is possible to create more time for whatever it is that you truly want to do. And the truth comes down to it. When I'm doing things that I love to do, time does not exist anymore. And I know that sounds very crazy, but Mm -hmm. if you ever imagine yourself doing something that you love and that you enjoy, and it could be 8 a.m. and you're like in it, you're so excited, all of a sudden it's nighttime. Time just flew past, right? It was as Mm -hmm. if it was non-existent because you were so present in that moment enjoying what you were doing. You just, you pause time for a moment. Right. And I feel like when we can start to practice, I feel like we're in a generation moving forward where these concepts are not as radical as they once were maybe for our parents and their parents, where they Mm -hmm. had to stick to societal structure because they just had to. There really was no other option. These, these ideas were just theories. They weren't concepts. They weren't practical. There were no steps to them. But now we have these steps. We have these outlets and all these resources to teach us that we really are creating this life that we live in and that we have a lot more power than we think that we do. But it comes down to the awareness of that truth. Does that make sense? Yes, this like, makes a lot okay, of cool. sense. I'm like, I hope I'm not getting too crazy, but I'm fascinated by Einstein time. I think it's, once I learned about it, it's changed my life. I no longer stress out about time the way that I used to. I used to stress out about time bad. Yeah. 
um, this is definitely something I'm going to be looking up and looking into. Yeah. It's from the book, um, The Upper Limit. No, that's not The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks about Einstein time in his book, and he gives a beautiful explanation as to how to practice it. But this is also a man who's been living by this truth for like 30 or 40 years and has had a successful career, successful relationships, successful friendships. Um, just doing what he loves, and he does what he loves every single day, and he has time for everything because everything that he's doing, he enjoys. Yeah, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking these questions because I'm genuinely curious. I don't want you to come in here and think that I'm like asking you these things because I'm trying to get you. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> okay, so self care, doing what you love every day. This rhetoric of, I'm, I'm going to generalize it and just say living in alignment. Is this accessible? With practice. With okay. practice, 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 and an open mind and an open heart. Because a lot of the things that are going to get you to be in that quote-unquote alignment, right, mm-hmm. are things that the rest of society and most likely your community don't mess with at all. They're probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how things are done, right? That's Mm -hmm. not what we do. It really will challenge your tribe. You know, it really will challenge where you fit in in your your societal role. But I do believe that with practice, and again, I know that I may sound very effortless and very easy. I've been practicing this for over a decade of intentional Mm -hmm. practice of like, how can I enjoy my life? How can I have more time for the things that I love? How can I wake up every day and do work that means everything to me mm-hmm. and not be stressed out about finances and not be worried about my health and not be worried about all these other outside factors? It's been a decade of practice, so I don't want to brush over that and make people feel like, oh, I, one day I just woke up and it happened, though there are people whose lives have changed like that and they are super cool. I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. And I've been practicing this every single day as a practice thinking that I was worth the time to invest in my self-care, to understand that my divine truth is if I am at 100%, that's still not enough for me to give to others. I have to be overflowing with energy in order for me to give to people that I care for. And I know it sounds very counterproductive, but the truth is when I'm over 100%, everything that comes out of me is my best, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's an overflow of me at my absolute best, as opposed to me giving when I'm at 85% because I feel guilty and I feel like I should or I feel obligated, or giving when I'm at 15% and putting myself in survival mode. I had to learn and, and practice and have those experiences like, no, I do my best when I take care of myself. And when I take really good care of myself, my community by default will win. Mm-hmm. It requires less energy from both parties. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Because I do feel like at least American society really venerates the the overnight or the quick achievement sort of yeah. obsessed with gratification. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it's really important for people to hear over and over again that more often than not it's it's gonna take a long time. <laughs> a it's long gonna take time. some practice. It really will. But if you can enjoy the journey when you can that makes the journey a bit better, you know? And then when you get to that point where life becomes a bit more easeful, where you're able to 
have more time to just be, mm-hmm. you look back at those years of practice and they don't seem as long. Like when I say 10 years, I realize that that's a long time. That was like my entire 20s and right. probably a little bit longer than my 10 years. But it doesn't feel that long. It kind of feels like it was a, a moment in time. Right. So what, what's in your self-care kit? How do you pour into your cup? Oh, okay. So I'm at a beautiful place right now in my life where my mm-hmm. entire day is self-care. But mm. again, practice. I've, I've worked to have my life be that way. But I really started to make sure my self-care was on point. When I was diagnosed with lupus and RA, I was like 19 years old when that happened. Those are two autoimmune diseases. And they required that I took better care of myself or the consequence was death, if I'm being quite frank, and mm-hmm. or immense chronic debilitating pain that is absolutely awful. And I still have flare-ups even now to this day, but luckily now my days are self-care so I can take better care of myself and mm-hmm. recommit back to what matters most with this me. But my self-care kit really is silence. I love, love, love silence. Every morning I get up before my partner gets up and I have like three hours where it's nothing. I'm not speaking. I call them talking fast. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking. I'm not listening to anything. It's just silent. And it is such a peaceful experience for me because it's a chance for me not to have to produce or not to have to perform or not have to be something to someone. I can just be here in that moment. So I really, really value my silence. And my silent time with my cup of tea is doing absolutely nothing is such a powerful form of self-care for me right now. But for people who are developing their self-care, I actually created this method and it's called the CPR method. And it's a way to breathe life back into your self-care. And it's an acronym. It stands for Create, Praise, and Recover. So it's a three-step plan that allows you to get out of whatever funk or mood you're in and into a better one. And there are practical things that you can do that are rooted in spirituality. So the C is create to connect. And I'm a firm believer that creation is a direct connection to your divine source, whether that be God, Allah, whoever you call on to. When you create things, you're tapping into that direct source to what's bigger than you. So you can feel supported in what you're doing. So you can feel like, oh, I'm not doing this alone. And it could be as simple as creating your bed in the morning. Maybe you draw something. Uh, Maybe you create a new dance routine or you create your cup of tea. They're very simple acts. But when you have the intention of like, oh, in this moment I'm creating, so I'm connecting to source, it shifts everything in your vibration. Then that second part is praise and you praise on purpose. And praise is not just gratitude, because I feel like sometimes when we talk about gratitude, it gets very mundane. It gets very Mm -hmm. much like, I'm grateful for my breath. Like, there's no energy, there's no excitement. And the truth is, thinking about gratitude is one thing, but feeling grateful is what actually shifts your life for the better. So Mm -hmm. when you're praising, that's gratitude infused with joy, and that's where real results start to come in. That's where you can fortify that connection with your divine source, and you start to feel good. That can be playing on a playlist. I have a praise playlist that has tons of hip-hop music on it, some gospel, <laughs> a little bit of house music, but it's music that makes me feel good, makes me feel grateful to have my body, that my body can move, that I can listen to good music. It just stirs up that energy of gratitude within me. And mm-hmm. the last thing is recover to resonate. And that's really about tuning back into your body. I always express this to anyone. 
when we're feeling anxious or experiencing anxiety or feeling depression or experiencing depression, it's all happening in our head, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the uh, basic formats of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. We experience it in our head and we start to freak out because think about how small your head is compared to the rest of your body, right? So you have all this energy flowing through your head, causing you to panic, causing you to shut down, causing you to not want to participate in life because it feels overwhelming. But when you understand that energy, that emotions are just energy in motion and that it has to flow through the entire body, you can start to break those moments of anxiety and depression. So when you recover to resonate, you're allowing the energy to flow from the head to the tip of your toes, which is way more space, right? Now mm-hmm. the energy can move through the body. It can leave you whatever lessons it can leave you with. And then it can go on about business without you holding on to it and suffocating yourself in an energy that needs to leave the body. And that can be done through movement, intentional movement, whether it's dance, stretching, mindful walking, yoga, and even meditation can help you to recover from whatever trauma you're experiencing and resonate with your divine truth that there are tons of things to be grateful for and that you can truly create the life you want to live. So the CPR method is what I would offer to anybody who's trying to figure out how to add more self-care into their day-to-day. And my entire day revolves around those three foundational points. Very informative. Thank you. So I have a question. What does feminine divine mean? Oh, such a good question. Oh, that makes me so happy. Uh, so we all have feminine divine energy. It doesn't matter how you identify. We all have mass, sacred masculine energy and divine feminine energy. Divine mm-hmm. feminine energy, man, it is powerful. It is it's a little chaotic, too. That's why, again, it's not that you, lead, you live your life solely to the feminine divine. It's a give and a take with the masculine as well. You need both to have a full life because life is truly always about duality at all points in time. So with femininity and divine femininity, you're able to become a bit more softer, mm-hmm. right? You're also able to uh, assert yourself where, I'm trying to figure out like the best way to say it, where instead of it being aggressive, where masculine energy can kind of be like force, right? Mm-hmm. Feminine energy is flow. It's like, okay, I'm going to be present in this moment and I can also be soft and powerful. I can also be kind and compassionate and, and still make an indent in this world and still push forward and create a new world. I can still be playful. I can still be girlish. I can still be, you know, when I say girls, it's the energy of like young, like young girls, like how they're just very playful and a little sassy, you know, like mm-hmm. tapping into that childlike behavior and being okay with it and not thinking that it devalues you because you want to be softer, because you want to be more mindful because you want to have more peace or because you want to be creative and sensual and you want to enjoy your experiences. Those are all things that embody the feminine divine energy and allow you to really enjoy your life. And for me as a black woman, it wasn't something that I was fully familiar with growing up because I was always told that I had to just do so much to be seen. So Mm -hmm. I was always operating from a very toxic masculine point of view of like, work hard, sleep when you're dead, you know, you can't, you have to outdo everybody, you have to be number one, you're going to be seen, all of that is very toxic, and it's not sustainable. You lead from the feminine divine energy, you're able to sustain 
positivity in your life. You're able to sustain better experiences in your life. And that's, that's really what feminine divine energy embodies. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. What season of your life are you in? A good one, I hope. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm in a season where I am extremely comfortable in my skin. I am comfortable mm-hmm. in my community. And I am comfortable with the idea that I probably won't be comfortable for long because life is all about experiencing uncomfortable situations to better understand yourself. That's the season that yeah. I'm in, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> We had a conversation once before mm-hmm. uh, where you dove into this, but I'd love for my listeners to hear it. Mm-hmm. What is the difference for you between balance and harmony? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I am like, people, if you know me, you're probably going to be like, Lord, y'all just got this girl started. I <laughs> do not like the word balance. I get where it comes from. I understand the purpose. I just think that it's super triggering for people who suffer from perfectionism like I I'm a recovering perfectionist so when you look at the Mm -hmm. word balance what it means is like 50 50 right it's perfection Mm -hmm. like you have to have 50 percent of yourself doing well at your job and then 50 percent of yourself doing well at home and it's just not it's just not realistic it's also dangerous because then you're striving for something that you couldn't you're never going to be 50 50 you're never going to be 50 50. Life is all about ups and downs. Sometimes you'll be 20 80, sometimes you'll be 60 40, sometimes you might be 49 51. And I think that when we allow more flexibility, we create harmony. And harmony is something that we can all strive for because really it's about accepting where you're at in this moment and being okay with it and knowing that it's not a permanent thing and that it will eventually flow into something different. And it might be something better, it might be something not as great but it gives you more room to be human as opposed to the word balance where you have to strive for that perfection of 50-50. It's just unrealistic to me. I just don't see how anyone could be balanced. Right. You can be in harmony. You can move in harmony. Mm-hmm. I heard a really lovely description of balance or life balance mm-hmm. as uh, we're always juggling the series of balls and sometimes each category of ball is either glass or plastic. So oh, wow. maybe you can drop the work ball for a little while because it's plastic so that you can take care of the more fragile family ball. And then you can pick it back up. And, you know, it's always, it's, I like it because of the motion mm-hmm. and the, the dynamicism of it where it's like, okay, yeah, not only am I, are we always like, doing something with our hands here, but we're also allowed to drop things as we need to. And then we can just always pick them up. Yeah. And I definitely want to emphasize like, cause even me hearing that it sounds beautiful in theory, but I'm also like, that sounds tiring because you're always in motion. You actually never mm-hmm. get to just be still and rest because if you do, then the glass balls drop and they break. That's, mm-hmm. That can feel overwhelming for someone who is exhausted and maybe wanting to just put all the balls down and just be like, look, today I want to do nothing. And I want to be yeah. okay with the fact that I don't have to show up in any of these areas of my life right now. I have to show up in my life and make sure I'm okay. So 
I just want to like also put that out there as well, that that's also too a part of harmony. Is just sometimes you don't need to be doing anything and that is self-harmony. So yeah. whichever one resonates for you as the listener, of course, take that one. I always say resonate, take what resonates and leave the rest because it may not be mm-hmm. for you in this moment and it may not be for you in this lifetime and that's totally fine. But just remember that you can also like not do anything and it still be harmonious. Yeah. What do you need to be reminded of? I don't know if I need to be reminded of anything, really, because I'm in constant conversation with the universe at this point in time. I'm just, I don't think I'm ever given a chance to forget things. Um, But (laughs) yes, it's a very interesting conversation that we have. But um, Mm -hmm. I would have to say, if I could pick something, maybe just being reminded of where I come from. Mm -hmm. I think every time I take a moment, just think about the fact that, you know, I chose this experience. I'm a believer that I chose this experience. People may not believe that. I believe that. You know, I chose Mm -hmm. this body. I chose the parents that I have. I chose the city that I was. I chose this experience. My spirit chose this experience. And that's a great reminder. And sometimes when I get a little overwhelmed by what's happening in the world, especially when it comes to, again, being a black body, I have to remind myself, like, you chose this. For a reason and that you come from a lineage of people who have prevailed like black people have created joy and have created reasons to celebrate from absolutely nothing when everything mm-hmm. was taken from them including their history of where they come from we still created history we still created culture we created movements that every culture is founded on and it mm-hmm. just blows my mind that I get to be a part of that, that I get to be Black, that I get to have that experience, that I get to have ancestors like Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison and Audrey Lord. Like, those are also Black women who, during their time, did so much so that I could be me, so that I can mm-hmm. express myself the way that I do. And when I do get a chance to remind myself of that, I just feel good. I just feel like... I am so supported and I am so prepared. There's so many resources and this world is working in my favor. Even if it's at the most subtle level, I know that I come from greatness simply because of who I am. And that is a beautiful reminder to keep going. Yeah. That's really nice. My roommate and I have a a similar conversation, I guess, where uh, every time we're sort of fed up with things, my roommate, Ella, she's always like, well, I'll just decide to believe that I ch- I asked to be born in some other form. I asked to be born. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it kind of changes your perspective a little bit where you're like, yeah, well, okay. there was some autonomy in this. I didn't just get pulled out of my mother. Even if you're not sure of it, it just makes you feel like, okay, I'm a creator. Like, this is, I get Mm -hmm. to take ownership as opposed to being a victim. And if I have to choose Mm -hmm. between being a victim and an owner, I'm going to always choose being an owner. That's just me and my spirit. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. like being a victim. I don't like being victimized. I just, everything about it just is very unsettling to me. So I'd much rather choose responsibility for what's happening in my life because that gives me a sense of like, power of like okay I'm not sure why I chose this but I did which means that I can do something different 
as opposed to being like this thing which is forced on me and I have to accept what it is until it's not that anymore. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cacao. That ends the seedling round. I like to end with two questions. First, okay. what is your greatest ambition? To express my fullest self. That mm-hmm. is my greatest ambition. I feel like I can do that. That's going to be really amazing. Not only for me to experience, but for the world as well. And mm-hmm. that is really exciting. And I hope I get there one day. Yeah. I do. And what is the question of the week? Question of the week is, can you rest more? Which is a yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's my question of the week. It's like, can you rest more? Okay, how can you rest more? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I forget. I tap into that old um, workaholic mentality that I've worked so hard to get away from. But here we are again. Uh, right. Yeah, rest. Rest is so crucial in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this insight with myself and the listeners. Where can people connect with you? Oh, man, uh, definitely join my email list. I'll definitely send you that link so you can put it in your description. Um, mm-hmm. I love my emails. They're weekly emails. You get to connect and bond. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm not going to be on Instagram for long, so I definitely suggest the email list if you want to stay in touch. Uh, and then if you want to book me for like an energy healing session or a clarity coaching session, I'll give all that information to you as well for the listeners to tap in. Great. So everything will be in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. If you guys liked it, if you learned, if you laughed a little, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, Android users, listen, I also don't have Apple Podcasts, but I did make an Apple ID so that I could create this podcast. So you can do the same. That's all. Yeah, share it with a friend if you like it. And you guys will we'll be back next week. Bye.